What's up, everybody? Almost solo today. Jed's not here, obviously, because he's just out of town again. But anyway, I'm here with Brendan from last year's model. Hey, hey. So, Brendan, I've heard around the uh, the rumor mill here that you just released your is it your first single ever? Yeah, it's first single ever, and it's on iTunes, Spotify, all that. It's yeah, any, Alice. anywhere you stream music, and yeah, it's called Alice, and uh, it's uh, been a labor of love here for the last uh, eight months, getting this whole thing done and working on our EP. But this is the first single from it. The full EP is going to be released later. But yeah, oh, so it's actually you're going to be releasing a full. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So, um, as last year's model as a band, um, how long have you been? with this project and from being that long into actually getting your first single out there, like explain to me that kind of that <laughs> process, like why it took so long or yeah. why, why, why did this take so long? Okay. So, you know, a little bit of the backstory here. So you're, you're pushing me. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, yeah, we've been a band for 14 years and we're just now releasing our first <laughs> single. That's what you're getting at. Um, and here's the reason why. Um, the band started, uh, I, I met Tim, my bass player, uh, at church, and honestly, it just started as something we were doing for fun on the side, and there was uh, events that needed bands, and so we were like, you know, gosh, most of the stuff out here sucks, so let's put something together, and uh, then it just kind of evolved into starting to write our own stuff. We had a couple other band members, they came and went, um, and then uh, we ended up meeting... Um, two other young guys, uh, and their names were Jared and Jordan, and um, we all started playing out, and um, Jared uh, does keys and guitar all at the same time, and um, Jordan's our drummer, and we started playing out, and we were playing like five to six shows a year, minimal Mm -hmm. stuff, and then we ended up playing at this place called Main Street Cafe, and this guy that was on the soundboard was like, oh my gosh, I love you guys. And that kind of put, uh, and I'm talking about Daniel in case anybody doesn't know. <laughs> and um, that kind of made us go, wait, maybe we have something here. Mm-hmm. You know, we never really took it seriously. And um, then once we, you know, started getting a lot of love there and other events and other venues started picking us up like crazy, um, we realized we needed to record then it became a matter of finding somebody that we could record with that understood what we were doing. What, you, what you're going for, the sound you're going for. Yeah, yeah. and and didn't – I kept having experiences with studios. We tried a couple others, and I kept having experiences with studios where they were telling me what they wanted us to sound like. Mm-hmm. And I was like, um, no, th- this, I, is, yeah. this is how we sound already, mm-hmm. and we're not looking to do anything. You know, and I'm totally cool with – Producers having input. Our producer we worked with on this is named Zach McCord. Incredible guy to work with. Uh, he gets it. He's a musician himself. Uh, he doesn't tell you what to do with your songs, but he does make suggestions. Mm. And 99% of the time, his suggestions are better mm. than what you were doing. Um, and so, uh, you know, that was a really good experience to work with Zach there. And uh, it, so it just finally was one of those things of finding somebody I clicked with personality wise and artistically that could help get us there. So yes, that's why it was a 14-year process. <laughs> I didn't realize that I was such an integral part of that. But Huge part of I, it. I remember seeing you guys for the first time. And your exact quote <clears throat> was, we were just sound checking, and your exact quote was, hey, do you guys want to be my house band? Yeah, <laughs> I, I love it. 
And, I love the music so And much. so it was one of those things where, you know, and then the response of the crowd that night mm-hmm. was huge. And we were in the middle of an odd it show. It was very, yeah. That show mm-hmm. was like, it was us and metal. Like yeah. it was in... Um, well, it's, it's hard to find in this area a band to fit you with because, you know, you're, you're a Christian band. And a lot of these bands that are around here aren't. And they don't, you know, there's, there's no like religious aspect behind these bands. So like me trying to fit you with a... A, a show was tough. Yeah. So, and that was the thing, you know, that was one of the other things is like, you know, we weren't trying to be a Christian band per mm-hmm. se, um, but it was definitely one of those things where when we saw some of the other bands, we were like, uh, <laughs> do we play this? And then, you know, honestly, it's at a point now where it's like, you know, we realized we developed really good friendships with a lot of bands mm-hmm. that um, I, I can't imagine. Um, I don't know, for king and country, you know, sitting down with and yeah. chilling out. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, uh, it, you know, we don't even play. I, I wouldn't even call us a Christian band mm-hmm. uh, because ugh, um, the Christian market sucks and mm-hmm. most of the bands in the Christian industry suck. And, um, and you know, I look at bands like 21 Pilots that are just saying, screw that and just doing it and yeah. just making good music, regardless mm-hmm. of what the, the faith is or regardless of what their background is, just making good music mm-hmm. is the priority. Yeah, and I think that, if you label yourself as a Christian band, like it's not a bad thing. Yeah. But in the music scene, it's almost a bad thing because you're putting yourself in that. You're pigeonholing yourself. It's limiting. It's extremely limiting. And venues are like, oh, we're a bar and you're a Christian band. We don't want you. But being Christians in a band, that's what. That's kind of what I was getting at. You're not... Yeah. You know, you're not a. Well, we have found the bars love us because you know they always give out drink tickets, and you don't, you don't, use and we them. don't use them. <laughs> so, and so they're like, we must save money with you. Yeah, guys. yeah. It's it's awesome. Keep coming back. Keep coming back. That's why we like playing with you because you can just give us drink tickets. <laughs> so, and we do. Yeah. <laughs> so upcoming um, shows, projects. I mean, I know you've got your EP coming out at some point. Um, do you have like a timeline for that? Um, I'm hoping, and I'm not going to, like, this isn't concrete, um, but uh, late spring, I hope to have the whole project done mm-hmm. and out. Um, we'll be looking at, got a couple of more things to do on the EP, vocals, um, and uh, do some other things with some of the tracks. But um, it's not, it's close mm-hmm. to done, but not quite. And um, they're still, we're still writing one more song for it that hasn't been played before, mm-hmm. hasn't, so... Uh, I'm definitely, uh, that's going to kind of be a surprise for all the people who have come to our shows and they've heard all these songs. So it's going to be something new something for them new. there. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't have an exact timeline for that. And then shows, uh, right now, um, gosh, it's dry out there, man. Mm-hmm. Locally, it it's, it's been... dry. The venues are dry. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't mean like, you know, you basically, I, I'm, and this isn't to disrespect any venues because I'm sure there are venues I'm unaware of that are doing it and, you know, you, you just don't hear about them. But basically, you got one, two, three. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it right yep. now. Um, and if you're in the in crowd, you've got main stage. But that's yeah, you have to know people. Yeah, that's what that, that's what annoys me. So like, yeah, you've, you've got one, two, three, and they can't book you all the time because yeah. I mean, you know, they're trying to book shows and they're full, and, yeah. and then they're bringing in some pretty uh, higher caliber, uh, well known artists. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam's doing a good job there with booking for that kind of stuff. So it's. Uh, yeah, so right now, no, we actually don't have any shows lined up. We're now, I will tell you, in uh, April, we're heading to Cleveland for a show that we're okay. kind of excited about. This Whereabouts are you playing out there? Um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on the name of the venue right now. but so it's played, out, gonna, played it, out there a bunch, so. It's right downtown Cleveland. It's called Mulberry, it's on Mulberry Lane, and I'm drawing okay. a blank on the event, okay. on the venue. Yeah. So you think the only place I've played downtown in Cleveland was the, the House of Blues? 
and we played at like a festival there. Was that with uh, your old band? Yeah, it was. There was a lot of people there. Nobody cared because, <laughs> but, and we're you know just you know emo. You just described every show. Yeah, <laughs> there was a lot of people there. Nobody cared. Yep. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, there's in North Central West Virginia. The lack of venues is really hurting the scene. And I've talked to a few people too that the bands. It, does, it feels like there's a lot of bands that just dropped off the face of the earth. Yeah. So I was, ta- I saw Jared uh, Miller from worst kept secret. He had a post about that the other day mm-hmm. and, uh, or no, he didn't have the post about it. Somebody else did, but he commented on it and maybe it was vice or I don't remember, but he was talking about how it seems like the bands have just disappeared. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think back over the last what five years, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it does seem like a lot of them have just dropped off the face of the mm-hmm. earth um and it's where it used to be there was bands every time you turned around now yeah. it's like there's 10 15 mm-hmm. um and i'm not going to speak to the quality of all of them but mm-hmm. you know the the you're still getting half of those are probably worth your time mm-hmm. so yeah i mean it's something with west virginia i don't know what's going on but i've got some things in the works that might that might help <clears throat> i would hope so so i also have some things in work that might help so mm-hmm. we'll so. see uh Mm-hmm. I might be collabing on some stuff, yeah, to to bring the music scene, you know, pump a little bit of life into it. Hopefully, yeah, it needs to happen for sure. And, and I think that that's the thing, though. A lot of bands die off because there's no. It's, it's, it's a quid pro quo. Yeah. You know, if there's not enough venues and you're not playing out enough, it kind of just seems like sometimes you forget to talk to your band members, mm-hmm. and bands just fade off. Yep, that's in a sense what happened with After Atlas. Like we've, you know, even one, two, three, like they, that was the last show we played, but even trying to get there, like, you know, being the only venue up this way, mm-hmm. we played out of state more than we played in West Virginia, but that ran us dry, you look, know? Look, I mean, this is not to say anything disparaging about the state. I love the state. But, oh yeah. But I can go here and play a venue and have 20 people show up. I can go to Myrtle Beach where nobody knows mm-hmm. us and have 150 people show up and they're shelling out money for shirts and, mm-hmm. you know, getting pictures with us afterwards. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just so crazy, the, mm-hmm. the the difference between what's happening here and everywhere else. Yeah. And I've noticed that, too. Like, at the last two times that we had ever played one, two, three, we didn't sell any merch at all. Nothing. Mm-hmm. We had new shirts. We had stickers, all this stuff. Went to Myrtle Beach, and we two three $300 in merch easily. Yeah. You know, it's like... I don't know. I mean, I can't really say that people don't care. I mean, you know, you, you got West Virginia, which is one of the lowest income states, you know, and the public transportation yep. is an issue. People can't go out to a bar and drink and get a, you know, there's not the, the Ubers, nothing like that around here. Look, I think a lot of know? people consider like Clarksburg to Morgantown a, quite the jaunt, you know, and mm-hmm. it, I mean, it's not, but still when you're thinking about like, okay, if I'm going to go out and watch a band and maybe drink and all that, can I drive to Morgantown and then drive back, drive back and that's yeah. a factor. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's limiting because, I mean, you basically have to have venues in every city yeah. for it to work. Mm-hmm. And that's just not the case. And it's, try to do something about that. <clears throat> yeah. But, you know, so back on uh, last year's models. So yeah. give me like a little bit of, of history, like behind like the name and <laughs> behind... You know what? What your your writing like writing styles, things like that. All right, so we basically rip off everybody. Uh, <laughs> no, um, so the uh, um, if you're in a band and you say you don't rip off anybody, you're lying. Yep. Uh, the <laughs> I've got a funny story about that here in a second. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> so um, originally the band had a different name, and um, 
the, and it also had a very different lineup. It was me and Tim and two other guys. And um, one of the guys left, and the sound changed greatly. I was not the lead singer at that point in time. And when the sound changed, it definitely felt like there was a need for uh, a change in just everything. And um, one of the, the issues was that our old name, there was a label that came out that shared the name. And a couple, it was like, it just all sounds like, you know what, it's getting used everywhere. Let's change it. So we had, my uh, old drummer had to go buy a um, drum, a snare drum. And he was looking for a specific type and he wanted a pork pie. And uh, so we found this pork pie up at, uh, it was up in Pittsburgh, I want to say, at uh, Guitar Center. And um, the uh, it was a really really nice pork pie that just got damaged in the wreck uh, <laughs> that uh, we had, and um, the price on it originally was like six hundred expensive. And but he got it for stupid cheap. And mm -hmm. so we went out to eat afterwards, and he was just in, like so like wow, why did I get this so cheap? And um, Tim said, well, because it was last year's model. And we were all just sitting there. It was like band name, and that was it. That was like, it. there's no deep <laughs> meaning behind this. Everybody asked me, like, "What's the band meaning?" It there is none. There's none. <laughs> there is none. It just simply was a reference to an old drum head, uh, or drum head that we, uh, the, the drum snare drum. Sorry, I can't get words out. And um, it just fit. Like for some reason, the words just fit with what we were doing. Mm -hmm. um, it was instant, and so that was. 13 years ago. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we only had the other band name for like six months. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, that's the story there. Uh, now, our approach to writing has changed greatly. It used to be I did all the writing. Mm -hmm. um, and so songs like uh, Maybelline, Al, um, Heartbeat, um, those were all songs that I did a lot of the writing on. Now, a Heartbeat, I'll say that Tim brought the bass line in and then I rewrote the, I wrote the rest of it. And then... Uh, um, and that was pretty much the formula for a long time is I would write some guitar parts. Tim would come in and be like, oh, but let's do this with the bass and change it up here. And then we got Jared. <laughs> and for those of you who have never been to a last year's model show, you need to understand we have one of the greatest musicians ever. He's so talented. In it's our ridiculous. band. Um, <laughs> he is multi-talented if it has strings he can play it like my heart and uh <laughs> no, but he, seriously if it has strings he can play it and he is um phenomenal he'll play keys with his hands and he'll also be doing cording on the guitar or he'll be playing the guitar and doing lead work while playing keys with his feet uh, it, it's incredible to watch while he's headbanging by the way yeah. like all <laughs> yeah. at the same time and um so he started, like, it took him a while to really understand um, what we were going for because I don't like to pigeonhole us as having a sound. Mm -hmm. um, there's a constant that runs between all of the songs. Um, typically, that's my vocals. Um, but musically, I don't ever want to feel like we can only do this. Mm -hmm. And we don't. Um, you come to a last year's model show, you're going to get a variety, but it all works together. Um, and so now Jared has really taken over a lot of that, um, bringing song ideas, and he constantly is bringing song ideas. We probably have 50 unused songs um, <laughs> that we just can't get to because he has so many ideas. So, yeah, now it's kind of a it's, – it's definitely more of a collaborative thing between all of mm -hmm. us, but he definitely initiates a lot of the songs okay. now. Yeah, I wasn't too sure about that because I know that uh, – we've spoken before – 
you know, about, you know, you writing the majority. I didn't know if it changed. And yeah, so. yeah, lately it's been a lot more Jared. Um, I'm still stuck writing vocal lyrics. By the way, I hate writing lyrics. Mm -hmm. So uh, if anybody has like a notebook or an old diary from like high school that you want to give me, um, <laughs> I'll totally take it and turn I, it into songs. I know a guy that writes some pretty decent lyrics that uh, doesn't have a band right now. Zach, <laughs> our singer. <laughs> I talk about my band on this podcast a lot, and everybody's probably like, "Oh," and and we get follows a lot on stuff, and it's like, "Sorry, guys, we haven't posted in like eight months." <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> here's a show that we're not doing. <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> so as far as um, Alice, your new single, yeah. Um, did you do the writing on that one, um, or was that more of a collaboration? So, Alice. <laughs> um, Alice was written after um, I heard a friend's experience, um, some things they were going through, and it got me. I, I wrote. I that was that was probably the last song that I wrote by myself. <laughs> um, it started out as a riff, and I, I heard their situation, and it just got me thinking about how so many of us live in lives that are we, we we put on a mask, and we will live a complete lie. Mm -hmm. But in reality, that's not who we want to be. And it's not that it, it's not that necessarily the lie is a bad thing, or that the who you are is a bad thing. It's not like oh, you know, over here they look like a good person, but really they're sinister. Mm. It's not that. It's just that they're not free to truly be themselves. Mm. And so uh, when I started writing this, uh, the idea of Alice in Wonderland came to mind. And uh, you know, you can either stay in that dream world, mm. or you can and pretend to be something or you can you know wake up from that and be who you truly are and um it uh, i think it's a thing that a lot of people struggle with especially nowadays with social media and all we have you can be, you know even yeah you, you can present anything you want and be anything you want on social media and so i think that's a lot of what alice is talking about you know mm -hmm. that that the life we portray versus who we really are. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the fact is that we're all messed up and we all struggle and we all have issues in life. And uh, I think it's better to be real about those things mm -hmm. um, because otherwise they'll end up uh, imploding on you. So. Yeah. I don't want to get off on a tangent here, but I think like social media plays such a big part in so many things now. And the fact that, like, like you're saying, you know, you can be somebody mm -hmm. on social media. Like there's people that I know and I'm not going to drop any names here, but Bob Smith <laughs> <laughs> that will play this, like this, what, what seems to be this role. And I, and this, this person that I'm speaking of has lured bands into thinking that he is some kind of big time promoter because he's got thousands of friends, thousands of people following him and will work with a band mm -hmm. and the band is all for it because they're like, oh, this guy knows people. And turns out this guy doesn't go to shows, doesn't do anything for him. I don't know if he makes him pay or anything, but it's like 
just be yourself. Yeah. Like, so yeah. I, I, you know, not to go off on a tangent myself, we're <laughs> uh, <laughs> just not going to go off on tangents, but we are. Uh, yeah. So I've been running into that a lot lately. Now that, especially with the hype train building up for mm-hmm. all of this, and you know, um, definitely, I try to put out a more professional image when it comes to promoting the band and mm-hmm. things like that, and how we do our photography and everything. And so that gets people's attention. Mm-hmm. It gets the right people's attention. It also gets people who are looking to uh, pull one over on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, my recommendation to anybody out there is whenever any, if you're a new artist and you're starting out and you've got people automatically coming in and saying, oh, you guys are great. Oh, I want to do this for you. I don't want to do that for you. Automatically, mm-hmm. your warning system should yeah. be going off because mm-hmm. um, that's just not how the industry works. No. It's not. No. Um, <laughs> I mean, okay, there may be the rare exception. Mm-hmm. You're at a show and just the right person happens to be in the crowd mm-hmm. at the right time. Happened to one of my friends, and it, it, it was perfect, um, and it blew up for him. But the majority of time, you know, I, I've got people saying, oh, yeah, I've got a label and I've got, uh, I do promotions and I know these guys and I work pro-. And then you really start getting into it. Oh, yeah, they do know them. Mm-hmm. But like you worked crew on a show. Yeah, where you met them. You met them. <laughs> yeah. And um, <clears throat> you may have been a roadie on a few, on a two week tour or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and that's what I'm running into is a lot of these guys blow up their resumes. So just a fair warning to any new artists out there. Be very, very slow to make agreements or to believe anything anybody says. And I think, like, I'm going to get off on something else here. <laughs> Not a tangent. But everybody, and I know that, like, you're, you're one of, you know, one of the people who's asked me why I always work with Eric Kirkland. I mean, I, one, I, like, I love the product that he brings to the table. I love his producing. But he's not a bullshitter. Sorry yeah. to curse but no you know like he's he'll he's straightforward with you and he doesn't lie about stuff and that's what you know attracts me to working with him is because he will be like that sucks or this is what i've done and this is what i can do he's not like oh i can make you just sound so good he's just like well yeah i can make you sound okay yeah (laughs) yeah and and, and no he does and i i don't have an issue with that um and that's a lot of what zach does too zach's mm -hmm. very like like that doesn't feel like we we played it, presented some songs to him. And he's like, and he just kind of nitpicked them, and he's like, I don't like that because mm-hmm. that really doesn't fit you guys at all, like yeah. at all. So you know, and, and you need that because sometimes you think something's great. And another tip to artists: uh, don't ever treat your songs and ideas like they're your babies. Every mm-hmm. idea is disposable. Yep. It, you know, you may think it's amazing, it may not work. Mm-hmm. And if you if you present it to a good producer who knows what they're doing, they can take that song. That's that. You, that's your baby, mm-hmm. and if you're willing to work with them, they could make it amazing. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of bands aren't really willing to do that. I've worked with some bands that were just like, I'm not changing anything. It's like, okay. Oh yeah, it's yeah. If you sound. if you have the attitude that you're <laughs> going to go into the studio and you're you you've got it done and you know how it's going to go, you're going to end up for a big wake up. Mm-hmm. Um, now I will say we had a little bit of that with this, just because we've been playing these songs that for we're doing for this so EP for long. so long. Like <laughs> yeah. they're done. There's nothing else we're doing to yeah. them. And as I say that, we still change some of them up. Mm-hmm. So you know, we, he he did present. Like, what well, what do we shorten this or lengthen this? And mm-hmm. you know, um, we did make some changes to songs that we've been playing for years. Mm-hmm. So, oh, is that tough to make a play now? Like since you've been playing it for so long, is that muscle memory like almost like? Yeah. Well. <laughs> Uh, so, like, here's a deal that happened. Um, we played a show this uh, past week where Jared couldn't be there. 
So I had oh, to wow. do all of it. All of it. <laughs> I was even doing the feet key thing and all that jazz, right? <laughs> and so um, the uh, I ended up having to rewrite songs that, you know, by the way, I didn't know he couldn't be there until the night before. So you didn't have a chance to... <laughs> <laughs> so literally live, I'm like, we're playing Al. And I'm like, oh my God, I've never played this song. <laughs> like I, I I play the intro and then I come back in on the bridge on the pre-chorus to the chorus. I don't play the whole song. And I'm like, what do I play on the verses? And so I just started doing this like little riff that mm-hmm. just I just held it so that I could sing. And I was like, hey, all right, I took it by Jared. Bad, I'm like, yeah. we're changing this up. Yeah. <laughs> so, um yeah, so you know, little fun accidents like that, you know, mm-hmm. they're they're great sometimes. So mm-hmm. Yeah, and the nice thing about playing out live, like if, if people there don't and haven't seen you, don't know the songs, you can do what you want. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> That's what makes it great. As long as, long as you stay, in, you know, in the right key. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> this song is out, and now sounds like a Cindy Lauper cover. It's, <laughs> don't worry about it. So, um, for anybody out there that's listening, um, where can they find you? Find your, you know, obviously your your single is on iTunes, Spotify, under last year's model. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so yeah, you can just Google any of those and find that. Um, then uh, if you go to our Facebook page, which is last year's models, um, it's, yeah, just at last year's models. You can find us there on Facebook, um, Twitter, last year's model, and Instagram, also last year's model. So we're everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then there's a website that collects all those. That's last year's model music.com. So you can just go there and you'll be able to find all of our different links. Oh, cool. So that's a little bit uh, shorter today, but um, we don't have much time. Um, it is actually noon on a Friday. So um, there's still a lot of day left that, uh, you know, we can go and live our lives, <laughs> do things that we need to get done. So um, again, um, this is Brendan with last year's model. Make sure to check out their new single on iTunes and Spotify. It's called Alice. And Brendan, any final words? Yeah, just uh, thanks for having me. And um, you know, I appreciate everything you guys are doing for the music scene. And uh, yeah, just check us out, guys. And um, come out to a show, hang out with us, and uh, buy some shirts, because that's how we feed the babies. Wondering